Welcome to a new episode of Pancom Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, and this time you're going to get welcomed twice. Because I'm chiming in to explain some weird cuts. Uh, while we recorded this episode with Tyler Malik, the co-founder of Salt and Straw, which makes ice cream. They have a bunch of stores. Why bother? You're going to hear all about it. What you need to know is that while we were recording this episode, they were testing the fire alarms at uh, Mike's restaurant area. Uh, or maybe next door. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. What I do know is that I found a very elegant solution to this problem so that you know where and why you're hearing these weird cuts we had to make. And there were some like awkward breaks in the conversation. So listeners of the loyal, loyal listeners of this podcast will remember this conversation that we had with Mario Obregón about uh, his youth hiding naughty language in his favorite rap music from his mom. Remembering lyrics and all that, I'd have to memorize the lyrics so that when a bad word would come on, I'd do some crazy sound or something like, or just scream out loud like, ah! When a bad word comes, so she wouldn't hear it, you know what I mean? I think she caught on after a while. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Can we get that sound effect one more time? Ah! So I decided that the best way to cue you, to fill you in on where these cuts are, was with that sound. So from here on out, whenever you hear that, you know that it's because we had to have a, a weird break in the conversation because of the fire alarms. Also, Petey was super freaked out, Petey the dog. Uh, so, you know, his um, his performance as a host of this show was kind of like stunted. So anyway, apologies to you uh, on behalf of Petey the dog and uh, Mike Beltran. So without any further ado, not that we ever do a whole lot of ado, uh, here is this episode of Pancom Podcast with Tyler Malik. Ah! Yeah, so are we. I mean, we're nervous too, though. Why? It's a long ways from home out here. That's true. There's, yeah. That's true. This is a long way from home. Um, are you recording We're now? recording Thank now, you. yes. This this I wanted to let that whole thing happen. Good, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we can do an we, intro now. Okay, we'll do an we'll intro. Do an yeah. intro. Okay. okay, you ready yeah, for this? I'm ready. Yeah, do All right, brace yourself. Your All right, so welcome to Pancom Podcast. It's a podcast sandwich. <laughs> I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm joined, as usual, by Michael. I don't like to do intros. Beltran. That's me. That's, That's me. you. Yeah. And our guest for the day, uh, Tyler Malik. No relation to the actor. <laughs> you are <Bummer>. the... <laughs> The uh, but how's your Freddie Mercury impression? Horrible. Oh, we'll get into that later. No competition there. So you are the co-owner of Salt and Straw Ice Cream on the West Coast that is coming to Coconut Grove. Yeah, to Winwood, right? And Winwood. And Winwood. Yeah. We're cool. so yeah. So we have 19 shops on the West Coast now. It's we incredible. started in Portland, Oregon, um, and then grew into Los Angeles, and now we're in Seattle, San Francisco, and San Diego. Very cool. So we love it out there. So we're super excited to come out here. <laughs> so we're new to this. Okay. This is you are on the first one's coming out later today or tomorrow. You are on the second episode of this podcast that has a no paying way. sponsor. Oh man, this is crazy. Whoa. You it's ready crazy for this? to me that somebody Wait, paid us to who? talk about their stuff. Are you Tell as confused more. as we are? I hope it's Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we would never do that. I would never Ben and Jerry's. You're not listening, right? <laughs> we'll take your money. I'm just kidding. We wouldn't. But maybe we would. <laughs> so, uh, so the sponsor of this podcast 
is La Caja China. Yeah. For those who are not, are you familiar with La Caja China? Sounds really familiar. You're about to get familiar if you're going to be a part of this Miami situation. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so La Caja China is Miami's favorite pig roasting box. Yum. That's a tagline I just invented. That's I don't perfect. know. I don't know if it's true. No, it is, though. It is. It's got to be. It is, it is. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, the last time that we uh, talked about Caja China, this right. is very loose here. This is we. Wait, so it's the box or the pig? No, it's, it's the, the box. box. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. It's the yeah, box yeah. in which you cook the pig. Right. So... And uh, this is exciting because now we're going to talk about this with a person who has no know. idea what this is. Tell me Incredible. more. Yeah. So um, traditionally, Cubans cook this pig inside of a box. I grew up with my grandfather always building his own. Um, and this is like for holidays, birthdays, like all kinds of things. And I actually grew up with this family, La Cajachina, yeah. uh, the owners. I grew up with their uh, two, three sons. And um, they kind of like perfected this box the proper size um they give like great uh almost like how to make it simple stupid on the box it actually says on the box how to cook this pig properly and everyone's complaint with the 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 pig roasting box is that it takes a lot of time but they've like like nailed it down to the size the temperature and the actual uh and the actual timing how long cooking. does it cook for? Depends on the size insane. of the pig, but yeah. it could be like 90 minutes, could be two hours. I mean, oh. the way that my grandfather would do it back in the day, it would take like all day. This was like yeah. an all-day experience, yeah. you know, of my grandfather making me work. Get the when family I was, together, yeah. Yeah, making me work when I was a little brat. And he's like, you need to go do this. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want to do that. But he's still, you know. But it's great. It's like I one of those that. things yeah. that um, very and, culturally traditional for us. But knowing this family so well... Um, they they've made it some custom boxes for us for events that we've done in the past, and they said that like uh, it could change, but at that time it was like eighty five percent of their sales were out of the state of Florida. So a lot of oh, people we from around Oregon. around the country, yeah, yeah, I'm down. We could take okay, okay, okay. Oregon. Yeah. Let's take it on the road. Let's do this. That's I'm awesome. ready. Man, I am ready. I've actually here. I love cooking other things in that box. So I've cooked. Um, a pig inside, and then they have like a grate that goes on top, and I've cooked like a twenty-two pound snapper. Yeah, that was quite ambitious. And you may want to because we haven't gotten into the how the pig is heated, which he may not be familiar with. Oh yeah, so it's a box, and then basically coals are on top. So the idea is thinking about cooking underground. Oh yeah, cool. Now it's in box form. Heat just surround. Right. I've actually cooked whole vegetables inside of it. So, you know, whole calabasas and it's just very, it's like a very interesting, it's yeah. always narrowed down to just pig because that's what everyone does, but it could be so many different things. It reminds me of like hand churning ice cream. Very like, just like the process of it makes something that's more beautiful than it would ever be in, in real life. When's the last time you hand churned ice cream? Uh, pretty common. I'm actually the, really? uh, <laughs> no, I've got a certificate as the fastest churner in Oof. Oregon. Is this like a Guinness the thing? Are you in the Guinness Book of World Records? The churn. I was a competition. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Wow. Who knows? Wow. We I have... didn't even know that there was like a competition for these things. Well, there's got to be competitions for for everything. For the yeah. pig box too, right? Oh, well, there is. Actually, Roberto Guerra, which is the owner, was on uh, Beat Bobby Flay and he fucking smoked him. Yeah. yeah he crushed him. Oh. Listen, I like Bobby Warm Flay. Nice heart. guy. He's been here. Very yeah. sweet man, but Roberto smoked him. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> fucking crushed him. Yeah. 
So, anyways, that was our yeah. paid-for advertisement. That was the paid advertisement. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the bullet-pointed things that we're supposed like to say. <laughs> so, uh, you explain what a cajachina is. They are made in the U.S. right here in Miami, established in 1987. It is a family-run business. We mentioned Roberto Guerra and family. That's the family we're talking about. You can find them at lacajachina.com for the Spanish challenged among you. That's L-A-C-A-J-A, China, like China. dot com. Their Instagram is at La Caja China BBQ Grills, which I think is a very funny way to refer yeah, to it. Nobody BBQ calls them grills. La Caja China BBQ Grill, but you want to find them on Instagram at La Caja China BBQ Grill. <laughs> they have walk-in specials at their store, which is at 7395 West 18th Lane in Hialeah. But if Hialeah is not near, uh, you know, in the, in the radius of places you drive to for, uh, for cooking stuff, you can go to their website. And I'm pretty sure... Don't quote me on this. Apologies if this is wrong, but I'm pretty sure shipping is free. So there's that. Don't quote us. <laughs> we just no, lost all like, our advertising. No, like it's it's free right now. I don't know if it's a limited time thing. For sure, oh. it's free right now. Okay. All right. All right. Anyways, that's it. go ahead. Do your thing, Tyler. Welcome. welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell me how this all happened. Uh, salt and straw, like the beginning of that. What got you to want to do that? I mean, 19 stores on the West Coast. That's a lot. Yeah, that's we, a lot. Uh, you know, my cousin and I started an ice cream company in Portland, Oregon in 2011 uh, as a push cart. Oh, amazing. And we, we figured like, I don't know, just Portland has this energy around food carts and around just like creating flavors. Uh, I think we there's an, just a natural like affinity for everyone to hang out and mm. create together. It's such a small town and like we're all kind of in it together. And uh, so we started making ice cream that was we felt like was reflecting the city back on itself, uh, creating flavors with, you know, the best charcuterie in town or the best uh, beer breweries in town or, you know, the best uh, wineries and olive orchards. And we kind of like slowly found all of these different stories. And we became like by the time we opened a scoop shop, people would come in and we became actually known for uh, when everyone, anyone was traveling to Portland, they'd first stop at Salt and Straw to learn about what was going on in the food scene, and then they'd go off on their adventures. That's it. Sorry. That's yeah, you're good. Yeah. It's just once. That's good. <laughs> uh, and I love that. You know, like, it, it's not about ice cream anymore. Like, so we created the space where it's just a community gathering spot for people to, like, meet their neighbors and learn about food. And uh, who cares that it's ice cream? Ice cream just so happens to be like the vehicle or the, right. the platform for us to tell these stories. And so when we, uh, about two years later, we decided we're going to grow outside of Portland and we're going to go open in Los Angeles. I think L- L.A. was like, this was 2013. L.A. is like, has so much energy. And uh, you could see this like change, just like the whole city was on this cusp of change because there's so many celebrity chefs and they're doing really amazing things and importing amazing products. But then you go to the farmer's market and you find like 20 varieties of avocados. It's like unfair. The The produce game that's oh, out on the West Coast is like incredible. It's still, it's it's silly. It's yeah. especially coming from the Pacific Northwest where, you know, we have like two months of anything right um like and it's then miami to, like, too welcome yeah <laughs> uh and then you get root vegetables for the rest yeah. of the year well we uh, get a, I, you're gonna see the summertime is like the abundance of tropical fruit is gonna oh. be for someone that 
that's does what, what you do is going to be incredible. And that's what I've already found. Like, so, you know, we opened in Los Angeles and we recreated the whole menu. I think we, I love this idea. Like we took our culture and we exported our culture, but we imported our products. So we mm-hmm. basically started our, our whole menu from scratch. Uh, and that was amazing. I think you still talk to people this day to this day and they think we started our company in Los Angeles. If you, if they live in LA, that's where I went to salt and straw. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we did the same thing when we opened in San Francisco, whole menus from scratch, like partnering with, you know, the best of the best for distilleries and, um, you know, various chocolate makers and things Mm. like that. And, uh, you talk to, you know, people in San Francisco, they think we started our company in San Francisco. Right. Then you go to Seattle, they think we started the company in Seattle and it's cool because we, we created this energy, this pride. I got to say that really reflects on how much you care about community. And it's not like forcing what, you know, well, this is what we did here. So this is what I'm going to do again. I mean, that's, it's often an issue that, um, it's when you try to grow outside of your own community or neighborhood, you know, you got to adopt the things that are around you. You know, it's like, you know, here we do a lot of tropical fruits, so Mm -hmm. heavy Hispanic culture everywhere. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of that. I'm excited. You know, I think like what we slowly realized over the past eight years since starting the company is that we are like building this model for expansion of a small business that like we almost call, uh, I don't know, I call it like the fuck you McDonald's business model. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I like it's, that. We're just going out, we're growing and like completely rebuilding our own voice in every single city and like allowing kind of the city to inform us instead of the other way around. And I think that's a cool model. I think uh, that's super refreshing. And yeah, I think it's, there's something, there's like a proof of concept here that, you know, no one's ever done before. And I'm, it's both like nerve wracking, but exciting. Cause you know, as a, as a chef, you're like, this is, this is important. I, of mm-hmm. course, when you go into a new city, you like, you need to learn what's in the city, but so many companies have never done that. Right. Um, it was, uh, just like a small, on a small sample size. I did a dinner in Cleveland with a good friend of mine that owns a place called the plum. Yeah. And I had never... Uh, I've been there before, but I had never like really experienced the amount of uh, produce that they have there and how different it is from here. Uh-huh. So like blueberries, blackberries, cherries. I had never seen an apple on an actual tree. Really? Yeah, never. Oh my God, that was my childhood. Yeah, yeah we got to like trade notes now. Yeah, I had never like yeah. seen that. I mean, I grew up with like star fruit, mame, mangoes. Yeah. Like that's my background, avocados. So it was just so like overwhelming and we're there. I was there for a whole week and we actually did two pop-ups. We did one. It's got like a burger place and then he's got this nice restaurant. So so we're just trying to like, we're staying up late and we're trying to come up with this menu and I'm just so overwhelmed because I only (laughs) have one dinner to be able to put this together. And on top of that, I only have two dishes. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do with all these things? And it was, it was very cool, you know, like trying to, I want to be able to do my food, but reflective of that city. Yeah. And, and still like show respect to kind of like where you're at. So it's refreshing to hear other people have that same kind of like ideology. But it's hard too, isn't it? It's, it's it, well, for me, it was the, extremely difficult because I only yeah. had two dishes yeah. and one dinner. Yeah. So it was like here, you guys are going to experience the seasonality of Miami, which is super interesting and it's yeah. like nothing that you've ever seen because. It's crazy. It'll yeah. get re- it gets real hot here, um, <laughs> and um, just like a very, it's a melting pot of culture uh, when it comes to 
Yeah, there's a lot of Hispanics, but there's so many different cultures of Hispanics mm-hmm. here. So it's it's interesting too. You yeah. Know? Um, I don't know. I love this city. So I'm I'm a homer. You're gonna hear me talk very I'm so highly. excited. And you know what's crazy is like, you know, deciding to open like we're coming far. Like I think. Portland, soaring, soaring east is what, what this says. <laughs> Those Salt are about straw as, is soaring yeah. east. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's about we're about as far away as possible from Portland. Oh I yeah, think, right? Can we get any further? Maybe Key West. Go down to the Keys. Key West. Uh, but coming to Miami, it's like it's one of the most refreshing things I've ever. Like you can tell there's like passion in various aspects. You go to you know, meet some of the coffee roasters at uh, Panther Coffee, right? And you're like, how are you just like, you're completely owning this style of coffee and yeah. still using kind of the same like, you know, uh, sourcing practices, et cetera, et cetera, as some of the other coffee roasters around the country. But like, I've never had coffee like this. And mm. then uh, you go to like Esquisito Chocolates. Um, oh, she's great. Yeah. So good. I'm like, it's my neighborhood. That's where I grew up. In love with her chocolates. Yeah. I'm like, how are you doing this? And um, I, you know, I've slowly built this list of like, you know, a hundred of my favorite things. And it's the same thing. I'm like, I'm completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And I've never been in a city that just has this much, I think, passion and energy. And it's like uh, you can feel it vibrating. Yeah. Miami is its a very interesting time. I tell people all, this is like a very pivotal point, I think, in the food and beverage industry for Miami. Because mm-hmm. we went through like some serious ups with some great, great chefs that really like paved the way for us. And now you have a younger vibrant culture that it's almost like waiting to explode and um there's so there's so much talent there's so much passion there's so many people that like really really care not only about what they're doing but the community as a whole yeah so it's like you know i have good friends that are like you know you should try this farm this guy's got this for this price it's this is amazing and i've never seen this before you know, usually back in the day, it would be like, no, I found it. It's mine. Yeah. I'm not sharing this. But it's not like that. And it's people just want to help each other out because here we feel like we're all connected and our goal mm-hmm. is all the same, which is we believe in what we're doing and we want the rest of the country to believe in the same thing. Yeah. So when someone like what you guys are doing on the West Coast comes here, I'm nothing but excited for that. Yeah. Because it's... You know, if I go out of my way when I go traveling to go eat somewhere and I think it's great and then I hear that they're going to open here, I'm instantly excited. Yeah. So, you know. I I think, like, that's what, you know, being in the restaurant industry, we have this, like, responsibility, right, Mm. to bring everyone along with us. Right. And I think that's what's cool. Like, we... We get to tell so many diverse stories at Salt and Straw. And really, people are coming in just to... They're coming in... um, and taking off their their uh, armor relatively quickly because it's ice cream. It's just ice cream, and it's so easy. And then we get to kind of push them a little bit harder and kind of talk about maybe social causes that we feel like are really important to the city, you know, mm. why it's important to support your local elementary schools, you know, yeah. um, why it's important to uh, talk about these certain business aspects, you know, uh, talking about bean to bar chocolate making and why that's like revolutionary for the city mm. um talking about their various farms etc cetera, etc cetera. uh i think that's a that's a fun environment to be in we almost become like these tour guides right um and collecting 
these different journeys for uh, for guests to come through. So what started your love for ice cream? I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? But yeah. I'm just saying, like, who, like, I love ice cream, mm-hmm. but I'm not great at making ice cream. I like eating ice cream. So but when did you decide that you wanted you. to? We could, we could make ice cream. I'm down. Yeah. I'm 100% I think we'd ready. Make a good flavor. Yeah. Yeah. When did you decide you wanted to do, I mean, this thing, 2011 is only what, it's eight years ago, but mm-hmm. it had to start way before that. Yeah, kind of. You know, what was fascinating for me is like, it didn't need to be ice cream. Um, I, you know, when we first started um, the company, when we first started Salt and Straw, I think like our vision was to create a space where people could come in, they could meet their neighbors, they could learn about, you know, what's going on around them in their community and uh and just have fun a moment of like full face attention and fun mm. um and from that perspective it could have been a hundred different products but just so happens ice cream is the best in the entire world for that yeah because it's just innately like happy um, makes me happy just thinking about it yeah and there's something like very i like i love the boundaries of like it has to be frozen it has to be scoopable mm. right like i i think um you know, there's that kind of forces you in this interesting creative box mm. um, that uh, you, we just I love working in. Mm. And so we've created over a thousand flavors at Salt and Straw and every single one is distinctly different. And on top of that, we've created, you know, uh, for every one that works, 10 that don't work. So 9,000 really bad ice creams. <laughs> Um, and those are just as fun because it's just, you know, it's like I get to go through this creative process and then share it with people that are coming into the, into the shop. Right. When, um, when did you guys start looking at Miami? You know, Miami was really fascinating for us because we, uh, at first we had no idea that we, we, Miami was like completely off our radar. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, because we're so far away. Um, and we started, um. We were on this journey about two years ago, and we were like, okay, we need to march across the country, and let's go slow, and et cetera, et cetera. And then what happened is about a year year ago, um, we got the opportunity to open in downtown Disneyland. Oh. Which was mind-blowing for us. And for us, we, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that go to Disneyland. I don't a know lot you know. of people. It's wild. Um, and... A lot of different ethnicities, like uh, a lot of different um, nationalities, and so we were really nervous because we were like, "We've got the, we've got some very esoteric flavors. We've got like, we really go out on a limb on some of our creations." And like, mm. do you think people are going to care or even notice, or are they going to be scared off and not even come? Mm. Um, should we just do caramel and chocolate? Uh, you know, and right. say that's good, uh, and. What happened is as soon as we opened, it was instantly, uh, we had, it was in October, we have a, a bug ice cream, a, a flavor with edible bugs that's uh, it's made with this really cool partner in Oakland where she's the first edible bug farm in the U.S. This is um, amazing. Yeah. Where is this? I want to try this. Yeah. yeah you got, her her company is Don Baguito. So like oh. if you make it to Oakland, please come. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we buy all these bugs from her and we fold them into an ice cream and, um, and, you know, it's like this fun, like, Halloween surprise. And uh, we were like, let's just, let's, this is an amazing story. Let's put it on the menu. And uh, we did. And all of a sudden, within, you know, overnight, the uh, Disneyland was selling the most bug ice cream out, <laughs> out of the entire company. That's wild. And people cared, you know. They wanted to go on this journey. They wanted to, like, 
they were trusting us to take them through this process. You know, I, I feel it's interesting because uh, for like me personally, from four and a half years ago, just being a chef and then to now thinking about like the whole experience and thinking about knowledge and training and yeah. getting like conveying those things to the guest. And the only way to really have that conversation with the guest is to properly train your staff and mm-hmm. to properly know and so every like so they know the le- like the layers yeah. of what's happening. You know, there's we have a foie gras dish on our menu that was inspired by a tree in my grandparents' backyard. Yeah. And if it was yeah. just if it was just something simple like we we Petey's over here trying to get attention. If if it was just like yeah, it's foie gras with plantains and sour orange caramel, like it wouldn't. That sounds cool, and I would probably order it, but. For someone that's a little apprehensive about ordering foie gras, they would be like, I don't know, I'm just going to go yeah. with a burrata salad. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of saying, well, you know, the chef chose this because of X, Y, and Z, that layer yeah. of understanding, you know, really gets the guests to be like, okay, I want to go out there and I want to try this. Yeah. So that, that to me has always been, I, I think in the that. last like 24 months, it's clicked the most. Yeah. You know, why I want to do things, I need to make sure that people know that because if not, they're not going to want to go on this trip with us. Yeah. You know? Ah! Anyways, where were we before? Well, okay, okay. You know, you ever watch Portlandia? Is I don't. Like, oh, gosh. Not a lot. Not yeah. a ton of TV. You know, there's an episode about how, like, they just they they just dig in for, like, 10 minutes about, like, where the chicken came from. And it, <laughs> it's funny because coming from Portland, like, it's true. Like, that's very much like you go to a restaurant and you hear these stories. And being at Salt and Straw, like, that is what we do. We, oh, yeah. Every flavor we do, we've got, like, I train my team. I've got, like, two pages worth of training for every single flavor of ice cream. And uh, and it's just like you were ta- you were saying, like, I, we when we left Portland, we're like, are people going to, like, still want this two pages? Because this is kind of ridiculous, right? Like, right. we love it. Yeah, we like are fired up about all this fun, these fun, fun stories and the names of the cows and things like that. Uh, but is anyone going to care? And mm. and I love this what you were saying. Like people do care. Like they it do. completely changes the way you taste things. That yep. completely changes your experience when you go to a restaurant. And uh, I think you know, especially when we come into Miami, you can see cust- there's just like this passion for where their food is coming from, um, how you're translating different flavors, um, how you're bringing kind of the heritage of the city into your flavors. Mm. Uh, I, I'm really, I am so pumped to be able to, and honored to be able to open in Miami. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing place because, like I said, the amount of culture where you see the direction of like the farmers going, like the farmers, it's tough to grow in yeah. Miami. You know, I mean, the weather yeah. is brutal. Yeah. So, I mean, and they work so hard in order to provide chefs and restaurants with a product that's very distinct to like this kind of climate. Yeah. You know? And oh, man. I saw, yeah, cacao beans. Oh, like, yeah. there's some. What? Yeah. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing, my favorite thing in the world is um, mame. It's like one of my favorite yeah. foods ever. That's why I have this tattoo because yeah. I love it. So gummy bears. So yeah, well, gummy bears. Gu- gummy bears are great too, <laughs> but it's just like that. That flavor profile means so much to me. I mean, I try to put it on everything. We've had it on donuts. We have it in a soup right now. We have a gazpacho that's like savory. Ah! It's so interesting to because uh, you know we have 
six locations, but they're all here. Yeah. How do you like, what do you do? Like, where do you spend all your time? Oh, it's crazy. You know, we have like almost a thousand employees now. That's incredible. It's in, I it's feel stressed really, with a hundred employees. It's awesome. It's so cool. And every, you know, like everyone on the team, they just have, they bring their own like energy and like it, talent. And it's completely different than it would what it would have been without them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, uh, it's cool that we. I think you know we try as hard as possible to create a space where you know our our team members can really um, be themselves. Yeah. And I think uh, we love this idea. Like when a customer comes in, ah, when because I know Coco walks about like a year out. Yeah. So we should be opening spring next year, uh, spring twenty twenty. Here and hopefully, uh, Coco Walk and Winwood should be opening around the same time. Oh, the same time. Where in Winwood? Uh, right across from Kyu. Oh, Q. Q. Yeah, KYU. Man, yeah, that, that place. I'm so embarrassed. Have you been to their breakfast place? No, uh-uh. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's called Laid Fresh. Oh, it is so delicious. It's right next door, or is it? It's like uh, I think it's like two blocks away. Okay. But I'm a huge breakfast fan, so oh. it's like they, they're all their breakfast sandwiches are on another level. Okay. Okay. So I guess um, we'll start winding down here and, you know, over the next year when you're going to be developing, are you going to be in and out of the city just kind of coming up with flavors and things of that nature? No, I've been already meeting with people from all around the town, Um, you know, going to meet with different uh, farms, jam makers, chocolate makers. Uh, So slowly kind of collecting my flavor stories and uh, we've got a couple of flavors coming out. We we've got one that we've been testing with Panther Coffee. We made a uh, this they make this really dark roast coffee mm. for us. Um, so it's a Panther Coffee with uh, chocolate tres leches. Oh, so we like used esquisito chocolates and we kind of like pitched Amazing. that into a tres leches swirl and add a little bit of rum from Coconut Cartel and it's just like it's insane. It's so cool. That um, sounds. Oh, you. Uh, that was last night, right? You yeah. Did a, like a preview. Yeah, we did a little Panther? preview, tested it out, and I think we're liking the flavor. You know, so we're slowly kind of dialing in what a menu might look like in Miami, and it's uh, it's cool. It's different than anything we've ever done. Well, this is exciting. I'm very excited for you to be to in the Grove. Send you flavors to get your read. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm 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 ready for, to try all the ice cream. Yeah. I'll try all of it. Cool. Everything. Perfect. Um. So, I'm excited to have you in the Grove, Winwood too. Thank this you. Is, I mean, oh, it's it's going to be like a honor. really, it's going to be a really good time. And and this is like I said before, Miami is, it's a great time to be here. Yeah. So, I guess now is when we start doing all the things. This let's, is when Nick comes in and does the so, Nick thing. So we'll do some of the things. Um, okay. Okay. Do you, do you have a recommendation you want to offer, or do we want to skip over that today? Um, I feel like this was a a rushed thing, and you and you've been taken out of your head by these alarms. No, actually, you know what? Yeah. Okay, so so we like to, in case while he's going, you may yeah. have something. We like to, toward the end of each episode, offer people some parting recommendations. It can be absolutely anything. Something you read, watched, ate, a place you went. doesn't have to be food related. Yeah. Could be, but doesn't have to be. I got one. And keep in mind that the very last thing is all the shameless plugs. So yeah. you'll shamelessly plug yourself. Plug, so. plug all. You want 100. a recommendation from me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go around the so horn. Something that maybe you've had here in your okay. time. Or in general, yeah. like you know, you you're doing it, you're listening to a, another podcast or yeah. a new, I don't know, or whatever. something in Portland. Like, what if somebody goes to Portland? Yes. What, what should they be doing over there? Okay, okay. Other than I feel you like guys, overwhelmed. We'll do Are you There's okay? So, so let's. I'll do a thing, and then you could do okay. the thing. 
So uh, I got two things. Okay. I uh, one of my favorite places to have breakfast in Miami is called Tinta y Cafe. I go there quite often. Yeah. I went yesterday and it was still delicious and incredible. Their breakfast sandwich is amazing. All their lunch stuff is amazing. Um, I guess uh, Nick can put where they are because I don't remember off the top of my head. Then my second thing would be at Chugs. I like uh, to do things that everyone thinks like, you know. <laughs> so everyone hates pumpkin spice. Right, everyone's just like Starbucks destroyed pumpkin spice. They say and I, they hate pumpkin spice. I, they so say they hate it, but that's not true. I love it. That is, I had this conversation with my chef de cuisine the other day because he was like, oh, pumpkin spice. And I'm like, you love it. You just don't want to admit that <laughs> yeah. to anybody. It's so anyways, life. Yeah. yeah, we're doing a pumpkin spice cotadito at Chugs, and I have to say no. it's quite life-changing. It's great. I ha- I've had it every day for the last five days. I'm going to have it on the way out of here. Yeah, just make sure Enzo makes it. So we're still in the testing phases, so we're not going like, to roll it out. We're going to oh, roll it out. I feel like it's a ridiculous thing for me to walk in and do. Like, I need Enzo to make me a pumpkin <laughs> spice cortado. We're actually doing a pumpkin pie pastelito also. So you could go all pumpkin out. Oh, get oh, real man. basic with it. Let me serious. get the pumpkin pie pastelito and then the pumpkin spice cortadito. And if just don't tell your friends about it if you're ashamed, but it's fucking delicious. I've so been testing out uh, ice cream stuffed pastelitos. We did that. Really? Yeah, we did that a year ago. Yum. It was tough. We yeah. had a hard time. We um, we did a th- we did the thing, and we a lot of back and forth, and we decided not to do it because we just we just weren't we weren't there. We so weren't there. Here's how I did. It. I baked them uh-huh. uh, fresh from the oven. I slit them open, and then I scooped. I had I made ice cream like in the half moon shape. And the molds. Yeah. Yeah. And then put them in the hot ice in the hot. And hot. Yeah. And then it would temper. It slow it temper and like yeah. It and it was delicious. Awesome. It was delicious. Yeah. I really like hard I, to make. Really, really hard to make. What, the pastelito or the both well both and then getting it to like not the timing is tough. Yeah. The timing was uh it we you have to like run it to a table, like eat it now. <laughs> yeah, it was a thing for us, like we didn't have a pastry chef at the time, so it was a lot of like ah. yeah. But it's still I lo- I I would eat that often. Yeah. If you had that. So um, so that's me plugging all the things. Okay. Uh, I'll plug one more thing. Yeah. Uh, the Wiley Dufresne episode on David Chang's podcast is enlightening, yep. incredible. Oh. He's super well-spoken, um, you know, talking about old school food, chefs, the trajectory of like the industry. I thought it was amazing. I've listened to it five times. I think it's, everyone should listen to it after they listen to this one. Obviously, right. yeah. yeah, of course. After they listen to all the all episodes, the <laughs> they'll be finishing this one by now. Yeah, yeah. so oh, all that. Yeah, binge twenty hours from now. You're allowed to go listen to David. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. After you've gone through the roughly twenty hours of audio that we've put out into the world. So far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so that's me plugging the things. Yeah. Plug the things. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm in uh, like a uh, chocolate mode right now. So okay. my next meeting, I'm going over to Esquisito. Oh man, uh, so yeah. good. Little Havana, and I am like super pumped because I think for me. Making chocolate from scratch is like revolutionary mm-hmm. and really no one does it. Like this is what not many people realize in the world is like bean to bar chocolate making is very new to the United States. Most people you buy cho- you, when you buy chocolate, you're buying it from someone who bought chocolate from Belgium and then, you know, melted it down and right. flavored it in a really interesting way. So uh, 
I'm super pumped. I think, she, you know, the way she's roasting beans and conching them and, like, actually grinding this into chocolate is pretty game-changing for the city of Miami. So I'll, I'll plug her, and then I'll double down, and if you make it to Portland, uh, my top partner is Woodblock Chocolate. Ooh. Um, so he's doing very similar things, but their chocolate's uh, completely different based off of where they're finding the beans and uh, how they're making it, how they're roasting it. So... If you get a chance, he's got like the coolest cafe. It's tiny. You get to see them all roasting chocolate. Your all your clothes smell like chocolate after Sounds you leave, um, and it'll make your day, make you happy. Did you ever see the Chef's Table episode with Will Goldfarb? No, uh huh. Yeah, a lot of chocolate in there. Really? Oh, oh yeah, a lot of why he moved and yeah. like he's just that. That's a really good. I mean, he's an intense chef, and his love for chocolate is also equally intense. So cool. Okay, I gotta find that. Yeah, probably my third one. I'm gonna there steal you. that one. Well, yeah. thanks for coming. Thank you. Um, we're excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Let's shamelessly plug yourself. Where, yeah. where do people find all the Salt and Straw? So uh, Salt and Straw, we've got 19 locations between Seattle and San Diego, and probably uh, the coolest part is we sell ice cream online. So we ship all around the United States. Um, That's cool. I didn't on know that. dry ice, and it's like. It's so nice. fun because you literally get home and you've got ice cream at your door. Um, and we change our menu every single month. So we almost think of it like a theater. Uh, so, you know, at, on the first Friday, we've got this new menu. And if you order online, you can actually get a sneak preview of what's coming. Nice. It's amazing. Good so stuff. jacked up. I That's love ice cream. Good shit. Love it. Okay, well, we'll start sending you some. You test, Perfect. We'll test out that e-commerce. Yeah. On you. Well, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> we wanted to try to dry ice pastelitos to send them to, like, yeah. deliver them. And we're... We're in the process. I'll teach you. Guy, love, I love this. Okay. Love it. Okay, okay. Anyways, I'm, um, you know, all my things, Pig Inc., Ariat Miami, Nave, Time out Miami, Timeout, Underscore Lania, Chug's Diner, Pondcomb Podcast. That's right. Pondcomb Podcast on all the social media. On things. all the things. Nick, what do you got? Uh, yeah. Uh, DadeMag.com slash Pondcomb Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and you can go and support us for as little as a buck a month on Patreon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure that it extends. We're gonna be we're gonna be raffling things. I don't know whether oh, we'll we're raffling stuff. I don't know right. whether we'll already have raffled things to Patreon people uh, by the time this comes out. But the at the time of this recording, the next thing we will raffle is a signed copy of Michael Schwartz's Genuine Pizza. So that will be on there. I don't know what that face is. <laughs> just because, you know, whatever, anyways. Whatever, bro. <laughs> it's it's whatever, cool. Doug. So, um, no, we're going to uh, – uh, Norman Van Aken will be signing a whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah, that's that we'll right, do. We'll right. do the same thing with, with his books. Uh, and then um, if you want stickers, we have Buncombe Podcast stickers. stickers. Get on Instagram yeah, and send – oh, we have stickers. Oh, I always have stickers. Send you some stickers, man. Yeah, man. This is it. We're, we're sending some stickers. stickers. Oh, All right. I'm going to give you a whole stack of stickers. you you got, you got 19 <laughs> places to put these stickers. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So that's it. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Petey the dog is still freaked out and sitting on my lap. Uh, so you can follow Petey the dog and let him know everything's going to be okay at Petey the dog on Instagram. Petey, P-E-A-T-Y, like a Petey Scotch, the dog. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you.